You know, the movie Eighth Grade is one of those films that will be talked about for years to come. This coming-of-age story about eighth grader Kayla explores what it's like to be a teen in this digital age. Yet, for all its immediacy, the story is still so universal that even those of us who have left middle school behind years ago can completely relate. This is Whiskey and Popcorn, and I am your host, Kaylee Monahan. I got the opportunity to speak with Bo Burnham, director and writer of Eighth Grade. We caught up on the phone and we discussed what it's like to explore middle school through the eyes of a teenage girl, the role of the internet in our lives, and how Enya's music is a spiritual journey in of itself. I start off by asking Burnham if he knew who Kayla was when he started writing the story. No, I really just wanted to talk about how I was feeling at the time. Um, you know, was feeling sort of anxious and wanted to talk about what the current moment felt like to me more than anything, and then tried to write a bunch of things, and when I stumbled on the voice of this girl, sort of found that I could say everything I wanted through her. I wasn't setting out to make a middle school movie at all. It just, for some reason, it resonated with me when I started writing it. Um, yeah, so the initial idea was just I wanted to talk about the internet and being alive right now, and then stumbled into eighth grade from there. And you said you were you were wanting to try to express how you were feeling at the moment. Can you go a little more detail? Like, what do you mean? What what were you feeling at that moment? Just anxious, just sort of coming to terms with my own anxiety and feeling like my anxiety was sort of tied to the internet somehow. I think and um, wanting to examine that and and see if other people were feeling the way I was and seeing if I could sort of explore my feelings through somebody else because I had spent so much time just talking about myself through myself. In my stand-up, it was sort of nicer to be able to try to pursue it in in a in a, in a person who ostensibly is nothing like me, which you know a thirteen-year-old girl is. The idea of middle school, I mean, even for me, I feel like it's still really intimidating. Talk about nerve-wracking and anxiety. It seems like the perfect platform for the story. But did you find it a little bit scary? I guess, if you will, to go back to middle school with this story, or was it more of like a cathartic experience to write through? through that type of uh, time period? It was just exciting. It was also like we weren't really trying to see it as going back. We were trying to just capture what it meant to be an eighth grade now. Because a lot of the problems with movies about this sort of age to me is that it just feels like projections of the writer, the director's memories, which can be good. But we didn't want to make a movie that felt like a memory. We wanted a movie that felt visceral. And so as much as we were kind of going back to eighth grade, we were also saying like, being 13 now is way different than being 13 when we were 13. Um, but yeah, when when you get into the actual schools to film, like all of the memories come flooding back. It was exciting. You know, it's just a very unexplored time in film. There's not a lot of middle school movies. There's a lot of high school movies. So we were excited. Social media, obviously, is a huge part, um, part of your initial seed for the idea. And I know that your background, you have a lot of YouTube experience. So... Did did you already know from the beginning that you wanted to use YouTube as like Kayla's main platform for getting across to her peers, or kind of how did you develop that whole idea of social media? It almost felt like another character in a way. Yeah, I mean, you know, the internet means something to me. I, I have an emotional relationship. I wanted to see it portrayed correctly, sort of on my own behalf. So that was my connection to it. Um, you know, the initial impulse for the idea was just watching hundreds of videos of kids online talking about themselves and just finding that form of expression very vivid and interesting and dynamic. Um, so, yeah, it, it was wanting to talk about the Internet first almost and feeling like, you know, 
everyone on the internet seems like they're acting 13 years old, so we might as well talk about the internet through the only people acting their own age, which are 13-year-olds. I also found it really interesting in this movie that, you know, social media, it does have a huge role in it, but you didn't go too deep on the dark underbelly of social media, like the, the really severe bullying or nastiness of it. And what made you decide to to go that route, allowing Kayla to have that relationship, but not getting, I guess you could say, super down by the Internet or by social media, but she was still able to kind of have a life outside of it? Yeah, well, I just I just don't think the I think the internet tends to be over dramatized and sort of feel like I don't think the problems with the internet necessarily are big sort of pyrotechnic problems like bullying and cyberbullying and things. I think the main impact the internet has on us is just our personal relationship to ourselves and the way we see ourselves in our own head. So I just wanted to talk about the internet in a more subtle way. You know, it's not about her going viral or you know embarrassing pictures being sent all over town or something. It's about just just what the sort of pedestrian relationship with the internet, the sort of normal, low-stakes relationships with the internet, which I think are actually very deep and interesting. And that's what I was interested in, a sort of more granular, realistic version of the internet, instead of like the internet sort of pumped up to the level that it feels it needs to be in order to justify being in a movie. You know, it, it almost feels like you know, you're capturing the everyday interactions of the internet and our people's relationship with the internet. They're not always going to be these dramatic things that maybe other films or media make them out to be. So that's really cool. Yeah, well, that's that's how the Internet's actually affecting everyone's life, I think, is in a much more subtle way than it's normally portrayed. Definitely. Well, getting back to Kayla um, and, and her own journey, I know that it's a lot of self-discovery for her, you know, learning to accept who she is, which is so universal to everyone, not just teenagers. And I think that's one thing that stood out to me in this movie, even though it's a film about teenagers now and their experiences are way different than than mine <laughs> and even yours, it was still so relatable. So I was wondering, you know, how much of yourself you saw in Kayla? Because you, you had mentioned, you know, your own nervousness and, one, and anxieties, wanting to get that story out there. So is part of you in Kayla, I guess we could say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I t- totally see myself in her. I-, I totally relate to her feelings. You know, I was having panic attacks, you know, backstage in a theater instead of in the bathroom before a pool party, but the feelings are the same. And so, yeah, I totally see myself in her. I, I relate to her hugely emotionally, not circumstantially, but emotionally. Um, and that's sort of what I seek in movies. I-, I want out of movies to see myself in people that I don't demographically align with. That's sort of the magic of, of what film can do for me. So, yeah, I, I hope people can see themselves in her that aren't just young women. I hope everyone can see themselves in her as sort of a conduit for everybody. And, you know, part of what she's struggling with is being a 13-year-old girl in 2018, and also part of what she's struggling with is the human condition that everyone struggles with. So, Yeah. Well, you definitely capture that with her character. It just struck me so deeply when I was watching her story progress. And Elsie Fisher, who was Kayla, was fantastic. Great, great actress. And, you know, I really loved how you had that relationship between her and then her on-screen dad, Josh Hamilton. It just, it felt so Mm. sweet and perfect. And me growing up as a daddy's girl, I was just like, oh, I could totally relate to that. So you captured that so well. Do you, do you have like, I guess, a personal experience on kind of a relationship like that? Or are you close with your dad? Because it it just felt so good to watch those scenes. Oh, thanks. Yeah, well, there's a lot of my, it's mostly my mother that's sort of in that character, you know, that character is sort of based 
a little bit on my mother, but yeah, I mean, I've had, you know, lucky enough to have loving, attentive parents and understand sort of where that sort of bumps and where the problems come from a relationship that maybe on the surface seems pretty good. And, you know, she's privileged enough to have a loving parent that's attentive to her and wants the best for her. Uh, but also, you know, I'm 13 years in between them. I'm 13 years older than Kayla and 13 years younger than her dad. So I, I felt I felt like both of them. You know, I felt like a nervous kid on the Internet a little bit. And I also felt like an out-of-touch dude that has no idea what she's going through and just wants the best for her. So it was sort of maybe a way for me to... I could mediate between them pretty well because I, I was sort of equally biased in, in both directions. Mm. Um, but yeah, I wanted to express something that was similar to sort of my relationship with my mother, which is, you know, her giving me a thumbs up all the time and me rolling my eyes and wanting something to rebel against. But I have nothing to rebel against because she's rooting for me so hard all the time. <laughs> Well, I want to make sure I ask about the music in the film because it really struck me, especially the the Enya music. Um, I was like, that took me way back. So how much creative input did you actually have on, like, which songs were picked? Did you have, a, like, a musical vision in mind for the film? Because it just felt so perfect with each scene, every song just lined up just so. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted an electronic score. I wanted something that was electronic because it's a digital movie, and she's a... Uh... You know, it's a digital story, so it feels like the music had to be electronic. And so we found this composer, Anna Meredith, who's a British composer, Scottish. Uh, she's just absolutely brilliant and makes really visceral sort of felt music. She makes very bold theatrical choices. And we just wanted music that made her experience feel large. You know, a lot of music in movies like this can feel kind of small. And it's all like mandolins and staccato strings. And look at this cute girl in the world. But her story is not cute and little to her. It's visceral and, and intense. So but, but a lot of the music is just trying to sort of sync the audience's heart rate with hers and sort of communicate how intense these moments are feeling to her. Well, they definitely captured that. And um, like I said, the, the Enya music in particular just jumped out at me and took me back to my own <laughs> my own middle school days. <laughs> yeah, well, Enya's the best. Enya just, Enya just makes everything feel deep and interesting and... That's what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted surfing the Internet to feel religious, and Enya is very spiritual and deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she totally is. She totally is perfect pick. Well, my last question here as we wrap up, and I would be remiss to not ask about this, but there's been a lot of dust up online about the film's rating, rated R, and they had the free screenings mm. um, across the country. And I know that you've said in previous interviews that you knew when you started this film that it was probably going to end up rated R and you weren't going to change anything. But were you surprised by how much reaction that is getting from both people, you know, who are for the movie, but maybe also people who are a little bit hesitant about bringing their kids to the movie? Yeah, it's, it's blown up in a way that I didn't expect for sure. But, yeah, I think it, people are passionate about it, which is nice. And people see the movie and think, of course, you know, kids should be able to see this because this is the life they're living. Um, you know, we... It, it, common sense media who's who, who recommended the movie who sort of deals with you know what's appropriate for kids has a great quote where they say we can't cover kids eyes but we can teach them to see you know and, and that's truly what i think the movie does is you know they're exposed to everything and more that's in this movie this movie just hopefully hopefully puts those things into sort of some sort of context so you get sort of an idea of scale and what they mean and their, their significance rather than just than just you know, inappropriate stuff in an unfiltered 
discontinuous stream on your phone. So I get it. But I get why both sides are passionate. You also, you know, we want to protect our kids from stuff. I totally get that. Um, but I think it's a re- it, we, we should be attending to, you know, their reality before we attend to the art attempting to portray their reality. And that was my conversation with Bo Burnham, writer and director of Eighth Grade. Be sure to check out our review of the movie right here on Whiskey and Popcorn. And don't forget to subscribe. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher as well as SoundCloud. And we're also all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Whiskey and Popcorn. I'm Kaylee Monahan. Thanks so much for listening.